Dribble drive into the lane. Lowry kicks into the near corner to Kawhi Leonard. Busted. East side three from the corner. The Raptors are up 16. And the Toronto Raptors head home north of the border for game five on Monday. A chance to win the championship in their own building. A chance to win the title in Canada for the first time in franchise history, for the first time in NBA history. The Toronto Raptors, your Toronto Raptors, are one win away from capturing their first championship in the history of the franchise, history of the country, and this feels like a moment for the entire country. I'm Donovan Bennett, this is Free Association, 105-92, and really, that scoreline is probably misleading. The Raptors dominated this ball game, and they are now so close from hoisting Larry O'Brien's trophy, but yet still far, because a closeout game is the toughest. And that closeout game is going to be on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet everything. Basically, we're going to have coverage for you online. We're going to have coverage for you, obviously, on this podcast, as you know, as we react to all of the games. And if there happens to be a parade, knock on wood, wherever you're listening to this, we'll have coverage of that as well. It's been a crazy ride, so crazy that this Raptors team, barring something unforeseen happening, is going to actually do this. Like, there's no reason why they shouldn't be the team that is winning the NBA championship in the year of 2019. I can't imagine this is something that I would say in real life, but here we are. I don't even know where to start. Why don't we start with the guy who's the best player on the floor, the best player in the series, and, and Kawhi Leonard. He's J.D. Bunkus' favorite son. He would adopt him. And as J.D. joins us... I'm just sweaty. I literally just ran. <laughs> like, I literally just ran from Ossington Station. 36 points, 12 rebounds, 4 steals, 5 three-pointers made. Kawhi Leonard set the tone for the game. 14 points in the first quarter. 31 of his 36 points in the game came in the first or when we know the Warriors make a run in the third. He's the best player in the game last night. He's been the best player in the series. I was blown away last night by Kawhi Leonard. What was more athletic? Me running here from Ossington Station this morning with no traffic or Kawhi Leonard in the first and third quarters last night? Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi? Okay. I think it was close, though. I think he would give me a lot of respect. He knows that distance. The Raps were flat to start that basketball game, and it was basically the opposite of what we're accustomed to, which is the Raps look good when everyone is touching the ball and everyone is getting buckets. And in that first quarter, nobody had it going. Nobody was able to establish any type of a jump shot. Danny Green was bricking everything, turning the ball over. Nobody can, can hit a shot. I think in the first, there was only one guy that hit a field goal, and it was Kyle Lowry. And Kawhi Leonard just kind of did vintage Kawhi Leonard stuff last night, where it was... Keep a team that's struggling close enough where they can stay within striking distance. Be one of the best players in the NBA, a one-man wrecking crew on both ends of the floor. And then in the third quarter of that ball game, be the best player in the NBA, a dynamic weapon that can put you away. And he buried the third quarter Warriors. Like in Oracle, in a playoff series, this is one of the more incredible individual runs I think we've ever seen in NBA history. 
Like, there's a reason why he's being compared to Michael Jordan. Well, the comparison to start by Kendrick Perkins was more stylistic than level of ability. And no, he hasn't had the career that MJ has. But if you look at the actual numbers, not just the aesthetics, but the yeah. production, this is Michael Jordan-esque. The third quarter was, like, outside of the two, what did uh, Fred call him? In the postgame, he said, I think he came out with a couple of FU3s. And that was what changed in that ball game. Other than those two big threes, the rest of the quarter looked like Michael Jordan. Like, it was Kawhi Leonard just using his physical gifts, regardless of who his opponent was, being efficient with the basketball, not turning it over, getting to those spots for long twos that are kind of ugly shots for just about anybody in the NBA, and putting together 17 unstoppable points when the other team knows exactly what's coming at you, where he wants to get to, Gets to the rim, no problem. Gets to the free throw line, no problem. Gets to those spots for the long twos, no problem. Like, when he's in that mode, he's unstoppable. You're helpless. You feel completely overwhelmed. And that was, I think, what opponents used to feel with Michael Jordan. And I could imagine being a fan of the Warriors last night and watching him and just thinking, what, what are you supposed to do? You're throwing Clay Thompson at him. You're throwing Andre Iguodala at him. You're throwing Draymond Green at him. And he's not turning the ball over, and he's scoring on every shot. It's pure helplessness. The Warriors seemed helpless. They seemed actually rattled. Like the team that was more composed last night throughout the series has been Toronto, and we weren't sure if the finals lights were going to be too bright for the Raptors. But I think it's actually important to point out, look at the guys on this team. Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Gasol. Those guys have been through a lot of battles, not only in the playoffs, but in the West against this Warriors team. So they haven't been shook. And so now we're at a situation where... You're going to hear this number a bunch between now and Monday. Teams up 3-1 or 33-1. That one team that didn't win, the Warriors, you know, losing I gotta tell to you, the Cavs. Is there just a small part of you that's superstitious or, like, believes in fate or believes in, like, weird stuff? I believe in sports narratives. Okay. And I believe that it would be the ultimate sports narrative for yeah. the Warriors to lose a 3-1 series lead. And that be the reason that they get KD, and for this entire dynasty to come full circle and they come back from 3-1 down with KD as they say goodbye to him. Wait, okay. Two things. One, do you think KD is coming back? And two, don't you think it's the better sports narrative at this point, though, for Kawhi Leonard, who now we're calling the... I, that's, I was going to say the resurrection of MJ, but that's just way too... That's way just too, too much. But for him to be the guy who ended the Heat big three with the finals MVP, and then ended the Warriors dynasty with Kevin Durant with another finals MVP. Like, what's the better narrative to you? Warriors comeback or Kawhi ends two dynasties? Warriors comeback. Yeah? yeah? I think it's Kawhi two dynasties. Because it's just like his arc of being someone who was outside of the NBA last year and kind of vilified right like the season was super busy and so it kind of fell a little bit by the wayside but no one sided with Kawhi Leonard in that story everyone sided with Popovich and the Spurs and that he wasn't actually hurt and that why would those veterans speak up if Kawhi wasn't ready to go and look at Kawhi Leonard he's at a Dodgers game how could he be at a Dodgers game if he's so hurt he misses the season. He forces his way out of town. He seems to be this mercurial guy. He let, has this guy who's this mysterious figure, Uncle Dennis, running the show. 
And he goes to Toronto. And what's the first report? That he doesn't even want to be in Toronto. That he doesn't want to play ball. That this was all a calculated attempt to get to Los Angeles. He goes through a regular season where he works his way back to health. And then he goes into a finals or into a playoffs where he knocks off a weak Orlando team. But then he just about single-handedly body bags a Philadelphia 76ers team with basically five all-stars. Puts them in the grave. Has that epic shot in game four. Has an iconic moment with the rim bounce. Then he goes into the Milwaukee series. They fall down 0-2. He puts the team on his back in a game three performance where he goes into double overtime and he's basically hobbled and he still gets that done. And the big key adjustment of the series is he, Kawhi Leonard, slowing down Giannis Antetokounmpo, the, the eventual league MVP, just basically grinding him and that Bucks offense that was so efficient throughout a regular season to a halt, ripping off four straight games. Then he goes to the Golden State Warriors. And even with them being banged up, puts together a game four that puts them basically a boot on their throat. And where does he do it? In their most iconic quarter. Is it Jalen Rose that says the third quarter Warriors are the, 30, or the 31st team in the NBA? It is. He kills the Warriors in Oracle, maybe ends their last game there with a 17-point third quarter where he just about did everything. And in violent fashion. There was nothing quiet about Kawhi Leonard last night. Like, we always define his game as quiet. We always define his streaks as quiet. And last night, he was just loud. And he put his, I think, signature. Like, that was him just signing the bottom of a job well done. Like, I know they got one more game, but he's flipping through the pages. He's signed, putting his initials in all the corners. And then the final page, he gets to it, and it's that full-blown signature. I just, I can't remember an individual quite like this. Not in recent vintage, where it was just one guy carrying a team to a finals that was essentially hired as a mercenary and doing it with this much efficiency, effectiveness, power, and ability. And he's got one more game to go from a mortal to heroic figure in the city, regardless of what he decides to do on July 1. The number is 33-1. and When you're up 3-1 in the finals, only one team's lost. The Raptors now have won three straight road playoff games, so even if they lose game five, they should feel confident going back to Oracle. And I love the fact that they just shut Oracle down love it. and bodied the Warriors and then sang them off the court. They don't score the Warriors in 13 of 16 quarters. They're 5-1 and one against Golden State. They're the first team to win three straight games in Oracle in the Kerr era. They are taking down a dynasty, not just quite them as a team. And that's why Game 5, if they're able to get it done, is going to feel like a celebration of 24 years of somewhat misery, but also loyalty and a celebration of a cast of characters that was literally thrown together over the last 365 days, the best NBA team of this year. Like, there's no parallel for this Raptors team, right? Like, what, how the way Masai Ujiri has built it? There have been teams where superstars have been traded for, like Kareem was traded for, Kevin Garnett was traded for with the Celtics. Like, that still even had a little bit more shelf life. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of superstars that were traded for to go and win titles. Yeah, the closest comp would be the Pistons that ended the Lakers somewhat dynasty. And they Shaq, traded Kobe for like, Sheed. They traded for Sheed late, and Larry Brown was a coach taking over what Carlisle had built and took them to the next level, and Nick Nurse, in a different ways, took over what Dwayne Casey had built, even though he had been part of it, and took this team to the next level. The, the next game, Game 5, the game for our lives, will be on Sportsnet. It'll be all over our digital channels. It'll be talked about throughout the week and post that night and the next day on the good show and it'll also be on sportsnet now you want to witness history 
Make sure you have Sportsnet now. Whether you're dancing in the streets afterwards, whether you're chilling in the many, many, many Jurassic parks that have cropped up across the country, or if you're out of country, Sportsnet now is going to allow you to watch and rewatch history on Monday night because I think they got it done Monday night. Isn't that amazing to you, the watch party? Like, I knew Mississauga would show out. I knew other places in Canada would bandwagon on this team. But when they showed that screenshot of Regina with just the full lot, that was a moment for me. Like, that was a holy crap. Look at all the people in Regina that have gathered together in a public space. Look at all the people that are here for this. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the worst hidden secret in the country that there's been a massive basketball fan base that has been underserved and disrespected and now this is their time to shine this is their time for them to flex and i'm all for it which is why i hope they get it done on home soil so they can really really have a party not just on monday but on wednesday but either way we'll be talking to you thanks for listening this is free association